It's time for lunch. Angelo, it's 10.30. Right around that corner, there is a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches. Best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? Come on, partner. Two. Thank you. Utah, get me two. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 150. Our second episode, I believe, in April this year. I think so. Or maybe it was late March. I don't really remember. I think it was late March. I think that we need to wake up. Yeah, we do. Start doing some podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking our our sweet time (laughs) getting episodes together. But we have a bunch of content before we get to our movie of the week, which is sponsored by Jessalyn because every five movies... She gets to pick the movie of the week. Yeah, sponsored. Like, I'm not giving any money to this. <laughs> You're giving content. That's all the money I need. All right. All right. So, okay, well, let's get into our movies. And yeah. then we'll get to our movie of the week. So, right. shoot. Are we going to do TV shows, too? There's only, like, one that we've been watching. No, we'll okay. wait till it finishes. All right, we're one. not doing that one. So, first up, I want to get away, get out of the way the ones that are we watched so long ago, I barely remember them. Okay. So, um, the first one was The Last Blockbuster, 2020 nice. on Netflix. That is a documentary that's literally about the very last blockbuster in somewhere Oregon, I think. Yeah, something like that, or there's, Washington there's or some one, shit. I mean, at least when this was made, there was still one blockbuster standing. You're right. A physical blockbuster. Right. Um, and the whole thing is about how, I mean, Netflix and then eventually streaming platforms just annihilated Blockbuster, but also in part because Blockbuster refused to advance the way right. that Netflix and streaming platforms did. Right. And they finally did a few years in, and it was just like the Netflix, uh, where you get two discs, three discs for however long, send them back in. But then Netflix evolved over that and even started streaming. Into streaming. And Blockbuster, I was part of both Netflix and Blockbuster when they were sending us discs. And Blockbuster would take like four or five days or things Mm -hmm. were out of stock. Netflix rarely would take more than a couple of days and nothing was ever out of stock. Right, yeah, they were quick. They were on Mm -hmm. it, man. They really were. So, uh, yeah, this movie pretty much just tells you the and shows you the people, the proprietors of the last blockbuster. Yeah, which is really charming. I want that yeah. blockbuster to succeed. You do, you do. And uh, and they kind of talked just about how blockbuster came into existence and yada yada, you know, this, the same old kind of shit that happens with these documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's okay. I, I, I is is endearing as the people who work there are, and as much as you want this blockbuster to succeed, I find it, I kind of found this documentary to be a little boring. And oh. yeah, it, it was just well, we had like Doug Benson came in, didn't he? And like, yeah, oh, that was unnecessary. Just then, wandering around, right. <laughs> yeah, just random <laughs> shit like. 
I guess I really didn't care about a lot of it. It's to add to the nostalgia that is Blockbuster for like Gen Xers like us. Yeah, Yeah, Um, true. And I did feel that nostalgia. I miss going to a place, like making a a morning or an afternoon of picking the movie I was going to watch that night. There's something sad about that, except, you know, also now I can do it on my couch. Yes, and not have to move at all. (laughs) Not have to move at all. I kind of miss it a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. Please, Siren. Look out, everyone. We're in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's... I, I, I do miss it a little bit. I do miss going and picking up movies, or even buying movies. So... But then again, I can just easily just turn on any machine in my fucking house now and yeah. watch whatever I want. And there are very <laughs> few movies that we can't find. There was one. I wanted to do a movie of the week on this one, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and mm-hmm. it's out of print. But that is rare. It is rare. And there's a lot of those low-budget movies. And you can find a lot of those on YouTube also. And That's some true. Of, and some of these have uh, the distributors or the owners of the material kind of hold some of the stuff back a little bit from streaming and every once in a while we'll release it. Mm-hmm. I found that to be on like Cannonball Run because I wanted That's to watch right. Cannonball Run a while ago. When Burt Reynolds died. Right, and it wasn't available on streaming and I had, I think I had just sold the DVD not too long ago, Cannonball Run, yep. and so we couldn't watch it unless I wanted to buy another DVD copy of it from Amazon. And I was like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to buy another copy of this shitty right. movie on fucking Amazon. Come on. Or eBay I could buy. Whatever. I didn't want to wait. So we just did another movie that week. But yeah, that's just how some some of the stuff is. Like, I can't find uh, Watchers online. That was another movie I wanted to do, unless I wanted to buy the DVD for $100, because it's out of print on Amazon. Yeah. But anyway, um, I guess I, I somewhat recommend this movie. I, I got, do. I got bored. But. Okay, I recommend it. Uh, then, in that same vein of <laughs> things that are dead that Gen X has loved, <laughs> Jasper Mall yeah. on Netflix. Mm. This one, I it was a while ago that we watched it. I don't really, I don't remember a whole lot of, about it. But the reason you were interested is because twelve miles outside my hometown, in a, in another town, obviously, there was a mall that for a while, I mean, had maybe one big department store and then after a while it had no big department stores just a couple of stores and then after that there was maybe like one trinket shop that would open and a staffing company somewhere and otherwise it was just mall walkers the lights weren't on anymore there were leaks from the ceiling it was a haunted mall was it ever popping though at some point in time or when i was a kid yes definitely i mean we would go to malls that were better (laughs) quad cities bigger malls that was a small mall because it was a small town but it was a cool mall and it was 12 miles away it was easy to get to and yeah it used to be full of stores no and i've been there too and it's it's pretty fucking sad like I don't even think the Auntie Annie's is open, and that's open in every mall. Yeah. Even like Orange mall- Julius, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even malls where like homeless are living in there, or there's nothing left. There's always an Annie Annie's. There. Yeah, it's not there. No. Or some sports memorabilia shop tends to be open in those places for right. the longest too. I that's I think that's what I meant there. by trinket shop. I think that there's a sports. Yeah, well, there was. There that was. mall is completely closed now. Oh, it is. No, yeah. not oh, even. You can't Walmarters. even get into the parking lot. Yeah. Oh. 
Wall, totally. Mall walkers, I mean, wall mockers. I think it mall closed. walkers. Yeah, mall yeah. walkers. I think it closed a couple years ago. They're their own species of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to see a lot of those in this movie. Yeah, the mall walkers, and it's pretty. It, it's just like your mall for the most part. There's like one dude in in this movie who takes care of everything. He throws out all the garbage and everything. Mm-hmm. He and he looks like the lead singer of this 80s metal band called Accept. <laughs> He's got like a mullet, he wears like fatigues and stuff and he like takes care of everything in the mall. And there's even a point in time where you see him hiring a guy for like 5 bucks an hour to like help with some of the work. Uh, he's like interviewing him and he get, ends up giving him the job, but the dude like, didn't come to, like, work dressed up or anything, or not even, like, a polo on. <laughs> just, you know, like, oh, I need a job. Like, oh, this dude's all gnarly looking. and uh. But, yeah, this one, if you want to feel sad about yeah, stuff, sad. <laughs> watch this movie. <laughs> if you're, like, our age and that piece of your childhood is dead now, <laughs> Jasper Ball is not going to cheer you up. Yeah, watch season three of Stranger Things if you want better nostalgia <laughs> than this movie. Right. It'll, yeah, it'll crush your, your, your soul and the way you used to shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, shopping online is so easy. It is. It really <laughs> is. And Well, every single day I come home and there's a package there for us. Yeah. Mostly for you. Well. But for us. <laughs> it's just, but yeah, online ordering is just so much easier. And, uh, and like crowds and stuff, I are good. I don't have to deal with crowds anymore. Yeah, it's probably good to. that all the most of the malls are dead. Yeah, people in my <laughs> we way shouldn't be there anyway. Yeah. Jasper Mall <laughs> on Netflix. Check it out. Um, next, this is all you. I didn't even want to waste my time this time. Mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong, or Kong versus Godzilla, whichever one it is. You're right. On uh, HBO Max. Yes. Um, Just came out in March. It did. Um, it's still available on and uh, HBO Max for a little while longer. I think the movies stay on there only for about a month, and they're gone. Yeah, I actually think it might be gone because I see it for sale on oh, yeah. early access now. <laughs> oh, so I shit. think it's gone. Anyway, it's it was. I had a really good time watching this movie. It was everything that I wanted it to be, actually. And maybe even a little more. They got rid of a lot of the kind of the bad human elements and kind of focused a lot more on the human element with the large animals. With uh, with Kong and Godzilla. The because gods. The gods, yeah. Because before, it was set piece of the humans. And then... We showed the monsters. That was uh, the prior Godzilla movies were like that. The the Kong Skull Island movie wasn't like that at all. That was awesome. Yeah, Kong Skull Island's pretty fun. I like mm-hmm. that one actually. But with like the first Godzilla, it was okay. There was a lot of good parts to it and a lot of great atmospheric moments, but not enough Godzilla and fighting. And the monsters he fought were kind of lame. Uh, Godzilla, um, King of the Monsters was a bit better because it it went a little f- more forward with. Uh, Godzilla fighting a bunch of different monsters, and that's what you want in a Godzilla movie, unless you're going to watch a movie like Shin Godzilla, which is more of like the human side of it. So, um, now we come to the Kong versus Godzilla, and now it's just this big battle between these guys, to which we get to see in the light, which rarely ever happens in these monster movies. It's usually at night, 
and raining, so the rain get, can obscure things. Right. This movie just went all out. I did read it was the like some of the best CGI that's mm-hmm. ever been created. It was really good. The fights were good. There were there's destruction. There was like the camera work was cool in it too because Adam Wingard did this movie. He was a director. Uh, who did a lot of low-budget horror movies before this one. This was kind of like his big chance to show that he can do a movie, a big-budget movie like this. And it paid off because now he is scheduled to do two... uh, Was it Face-Off? Like a sequel to Face-Off. And then... A, and it's not a remake, it's a sequel. Oh, no, and out of morbid curiosity, I have to see it. I want to yeah. see it too, unfortunately. <laughs> and um, a movie of the Thundercats. Which, again, sheer curiosity. Yes. I'll uh, probably see it. I'm waiting to see who Chitara is, baby. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think the fans were listened to because we got a lot of good fight scenes out of here. We got Mechagodzilla... He ends up becoming like our main bad guy because, uh, like, the human bad guys are triggering Godzilla to fight and mess up things because Godzilla had has beaten all of the monsters, right. all of the titans and gods. Mm-hmm. So he's like the last one. So he's kind of just chilling in the ocean until the bad guys like set off this thing to where he starts destroying the city because in Godzilla's mind he thinks there's another titan around. Um, so they bring in. King Kong to kind of battle him in a way and they end up find, figuring out that the bad guys are making Godzilla do this and so then they unleash Mechagodzilla to beat Godzilla and so when Mechagodzilla beats Godzilla people can hail Mechagodzilla and not Godzilla because Godzilla is painted out to be the bad guy and Mechagodzilla will be the savior but Mechagodzilla is actually uh, controlled by one of the Hydra heads, or the Ghidorah heads that are mm-hmm. that are cut off in the prior film of um, the Godzilla King of the Monsters. Interesting stuff. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of the time, but who gives shit? Because the fighting was really good in this movie. We got to see everything. Um, the acting was fine in this one too, except Millie Bobby Brown was kind of horrible in it. But everyone else is really was pretty good. Okay. And the the human element. Between the monsters, there's like a little girl who uh, is, is deaf and she signs to Godzilla. And that's how they have like a, a rapport. And then, yeah. You couldn't hear my eyes roll. <laughs> you couldn't possibly care less. I know. I know. I, there's tons of shit you watch. That I, I know, I know. Really give a fuck. Like any Shia LaBeouf movie you watch, I could not <laughs> care. So, yeah, I recommend... Yeah. Recommend Kongzilla very, very much. Check that one out. Kongzilla. Kongzilla. There's actually, uh, I saw, there's this place called Horribles here in Chicago, or Berwyn, like a suburb of Chicago. Uh, The name of this place is called Horribles, and they have a bunch of horror memorabilia and just like action figures and stuff. And they actually had this statue called Kongzilla, and it was a mixture of Kong and Godzilla together. It was kind of cool. Cool. A little pricey at the time I saw yeah, it, but I bet. Next, next, <clears throat> uh, career opportunities. Now, at our last podcast, that's from 1991. We rented it at our last podcast. You said you wanted to watch career opportunities because it was what the thirtieth, the thirtieth anniversary, 30th anniversary yeah, of 1991. it. And I, I like love Jennifer Connelly, mm-hmm. so I had to see it. 
finally, after 30 years, like I couldn't pop it in 30 years, <laughs> for the past 30 years. Um, a little disappointed. It's pretty stupid. It is. Frank Whaley is really annoying in this movie. So unlikable. Right. And I feel bad. This was supposed to be like his Ferris Bueller vehicle. Mm-hmm. And they just make that character so awful. I don't right. think it's his fault at it's all. Not, no, it's not his fault. It's just the character. And kind of the way he carries himself, too, because he's kind of like that in all of his movies. <laughs> he's kind yeah. of a wiener. Have you ever seen, like, Swimming with Sharks? Um, he was in like, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> you know, where he gets blasted right away. Yeah, but uh, that, there's, there's a quality about Frank Whaley that I always like, I think. <laughs> Even in Pulp Fiction when, you know, spoilers don't get attached. Yeah. <laughs> but I always like him, but in this he's almost intolerable. Yes, but Jennifer Connelly is fabulous. She's stunningly beautiful and completely pointless. Yes. But yes. <laughs> that I mean, was the best part of the movie. <laughs> they give her absolutely nothing to do. She's just an object of beauty and mm-hmm. it's annoying when you know how talented Jennifer Connelly is. Yeah, it took her a few more years to actually break out into like being a, a great actor. A recognized actor. A yeah. recognized mm-hmm. actor is just or as an eye candy, like, I kind of see her for this movie. That's all she is mm. in this movie. And again, not blaming her for that. And this movie kind of takes a while to get going a little bit. Like, the robbers take too long to get to the target. Like, that's, s- our, that's yeah. our big thing. I sort of forgot about all about them. And yeah, showed up, see? I was like, who's this? Oh, yeah. yeah. The guys who were robbing before right. stole the car and everything. It's just way too late for them to come in. And the premise is that Frank Whaley is terrible at keeping jobs. He still lives with his parents. He gets this job as a night janitor at Target or whatever, Mm -hmm. some department store, and he trashes the place. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what he does. Yeah. And, And plus, too, like, even before he starts, the place was already kind of trashed. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the producers got Target mixed up with, like... With um, like Ross or <laughs> or what's that? Marshall. Marshalls or yeah, the, or Zayer or some like fucked up place yeah. where whenever you go in, there's just shit everywhere. That's what yeah. it looked like. This Target, like people are just like, no, nope, I don't want this, and threw it on the ground, even with their own trash. So this right. place is trashed anyway, and he just made it even worse. And it's like, of course, like you suck at everything. Look at you can't even handle this easy ass job. Yeah. He all you had to do was spend eight hours like sweeping and then watch TV for a while. Who yeah. cares? But no. No, you you suck. Anyway, I don't recommend career opportunities, but I do recommend a fan made music video of it on YouTube where it's pretty much just a lot of Jennifer Connolly and okay. to the song of uh, was it Space Age Love Song by Flock of Seagulls? <laughs> I will. I'll I, check that out. I, I recommend that. Well, yeah, it's mostly for me, but yeah, check it out. It's a good song too. It doesn't even appear in the movie, but it's a way better representation of this movie than the movie itself. Yeah. All right. Next. All right. Let's do a better one, please. <clears throat> the Vigil, twenty twenty one on Prime. We rented it. Mm-hmm. It was recommended by some YouTubers that we like. Um, and you want to... No, you go for it, because okay. I barely remember it. Oh, okay. So you did not think this was a good one. <laughs> Maybe not. I, I forgot about the visual. So, it's about a, a Hasidic Jewish man. So uh, now I do. Okay. There's there's a tradition in Hasidic Judaism. I hope I'm getting that right. Or maybe just Judaism. Um, that when someone dies, a family member has to stand vigil all night with that 
body, with the body. Um, and if they can't get a family member to do it, they'll hire people who just sit with the body, like mm. professionally. Yes. Um, so this gentleman dies um, and the vigil setter upper guy, uh, the family can't do it. So uh, the guy who sets up the vigils approaches this former Hasidic Jewish man mm-hmm. who has clearly left the institution. And he's um, kind of going out on his own now right. and doing his own thing. Right. Um, but he used to be a professional vigil guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, the the person says, please just do this one thing. I'll pay you It was like his. And- it's like his uncle or something like that. Yeah. Who kind of, who still wants him to come back. You know, he, he keeps you know trying to egg him on to come back to the religion and everything. Right. Come back home and stuff. We'll just do this job. We'll talk later kind of thing. You know, keep, trying to keep him on the line. Yeah. Something traumatic happened to him, and that's why he quit. Mm. I just didn't remember that. Right, yeah. <laughs> his, you see that his um, younger brother ends up getting uh, murdered in front of him. Well, right? yeah, he gets harassed by these white guys. Um, and oh, then, no. Like, <laughs> runs out into traffic because the... I'm, I gotta look up the guy's name. The Vigil... His little brother runs out in traffic because he's scared, uh, and mm. the main character doesn't do anything to stop him. Uh, Yakov. Yakov is the main character. Mm. Uh, so he has guilt about it, and he quits the religion. Mm. Uh, so anyway, he, he negotiates the price up and mm. agrees to do this vigil. And it turns out that this dead person was into some really weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Of the spiritual variety. Right. And uh, this is just, and it's like kind of like a haunted house movie in a way. Yeah, a slow burn haunted house movie. And I thought it was creepy. I liked mm-hmm. it. There are even moments where you don't, you feel like you missed something. Like, oh, I looked away for a second. What did I miss? But it's not. It's just the scene is sort of switching things around on you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in a ghostly way. It's cool. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, this was a pretty good one. It was uh, pretty basic in a way. Um, not too much gravitas, not trying to give you too much, not trying to be too big. It, it kind of like is yeah. what it is, kind mm-hmm. of a movie. A uh, little bit slower burn in a way, creepier, kind of, you know, just uh, uh, visual wise. It's not jump out at you. You'll see some no. stuff in the corner kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, hey, look at me over here. This is crazy. I feel like there are a couple of points where I jumped, but that mm. it's not like an insidious. That's right. not what it's trying to do. It's not like, all jump scares. Not like it's, a loud music plays yeah. and then you crap your pants. No, it's a big like creep that. factor for sure. Yeah. So I liked it. We rented it on Prime. I think it was like six or seven dollars. I say do it. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Next up. Um, I'll let you be the judge because I fell asleep. The Empty Man 2020. That was another rent. I've been curious about it and then I actually read some good things about it. So I was Mm. even more curious. Uh, I thought it was just maybe some stupid ghost movie. And I was like, well, I'll check this out by myself when it's free. Because Larry's not going to want to watch it. But I heard good things about it. That it was maybe a legit horror movie. So I rented it. It's two hours and 16 minutes. Long horror movie. Way too long. Yes. Part of why I fell asleep. Um, and it was even like the very end, the climax. And at the climax, I couldn't stay away. <laughs> it, um. Was, um, it was, it was, it was fine. It was, there was some good parts to it. There was, 
it flowed okay, a little long, little very much like a detective story in a way where you get this guy um, trying to figure out what happened to someone and and there's like the this uh, it's like a monster. rain type of thing in a way yeah, yeah. kind of like Slenderman too mixed yeah. in uh, it's okay It's uh, to me it's kind of a mess I know a lot of people are, are liking this movie but it, it is all over the place in a way and it's just way too long it's, it's worth way watching way too long yeah, I, I wish I had seen the end. I feel bad that I fell asleep. I was interested, but yeah, it gets confusing at points. It's way too long. Yep. Um, yeah. It's okay. Maybe I need another watch on it. I don't know, but yeah. From here, I say I, I I will say watch it, but don't expect too too much. I guess I don't know. I, I have to watch it again. Maybe yeah. Maybe there's something big that we miss. Mm-hmm. The great thing about it, it's fine. It's way yeah. too long. Next, <laughs> Slacks, S L A X X, twenty twenty one and Shutter. Um, I I liked it just fine. I don't know what I expected. It's <laughs> literally about uh, possessed pants that start mm-hmm. killing like Gap employees. Yeah, these are possessed pants from a third world country <laughs> that are are uh, enchanted by people from uh, whichever country these pants come from who have like died in a certain way so they possess pants in the fields for the pants right and then uh, the pants start killing people and so it's a satire about the horrible way Mm -hmm. that department stores get your clothes to you right yeah that you don't want to think about but but it's also just a zany like there's nothing serious about pants horribly murdering you i mean even the pants in this movie start to dance whenever they play like Hindi music or something, or, or Bollywood music. And when they're facing you, um, so they're they're like down on their knees, and they're the pant hole opening at the top is facing <laughs> yeah. you, and the eyes are like the pockets. Yeah. It's, I thought it was pretty funny. I also feel like it could have been a five minute SNL skit. That's what I think just it was. As funny. I yeah, this movie could have been five minutes. Yeah. I, I didn't like this movie at all. I, I nearly hated it. <laughs> nearly hated it. I understand. <laughs> because you could have done so much with this, and you fucking blew it. Yeah. They could have made the kills awesome, and they fucking blew it. They they do hide. I mean, they don't spend the money they should on the, no. the kills. That no. was disappointing. Everyone sucks in this movie. I fucking hate, hated <laughs> the no main person. Like. Yeah. No one to like in this movie. I, I and I was just kind of bored throughout. And <laughs> I get it, killer pants. Yeah. Yeah. Not even that. They could have made it fucking fun though. They could have made it better. They could have made it bloody. They could have made the kills look yeah. great. I just think I kept getting drawn back in when there were moments like they would play music on the intercom system and the pants would start dancing. I don't know. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's some funny parts to it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's some cool action scenes and Sucker Punch, but that movie fucking sucks. You're right. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. unforgivably horrible, and I'm still mad. Thanks for bringing See, it up. yeah, there we go. That's what <laughs> I, I think about Slacks. All right. Understood. No, I totally get it. I say check it out if you've got Shudder. Um, uh, I think you'll probably, either you'll agree with Larry and absolutely hate it, or you'll have an okay time and agree with me that it should have been an SNL skit. Uh, Slacks. 
And then the last one, <coughs> before our movie of the week, excuse me, we watched Joe Bob's first movie, because he did two. He did two. Yeah. But we've seen the second one before. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of House by the Cemetery. Yeah. It's more annoying than anything, and I get it. Like, uh, I'm just not a fan of it. And I don't like Italian horror at Right, all, you're not really, all that big on so it. So I didn't care. But Mother's Day uh, from 1980, I'd never heard of it. No, I've, I, I've, I've never seen it, though. I've heard of it, and I've seen clips of it. It's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Like, the filmmaking-wise, it you was know, better than I thought it was going to be. It, I agree. I don't know about... that. I wasn't thinking in terms of filmmaking-wise, but anything that's so real close to the 70s or, like, pre... Nightmare on Elm Street, really, mm-hmm. I'm bracing myself for it to be just women getting butchered. Mm-hmm. And that is how it starts. It starts right. out like a last house on the left, I spit on your grave type of thing. That's, that's basically yeah. what this movie is. Um... Um, so, but I kind of, there were parts where I laughed. (laughs) It was just, eh, that's ridiculous. Gore that I liked. There's, you know, rape scenes that are not not, easy to watch. But, but I, I can accept why you would put a rape scene in a movie like that. Mm -hmm. Like a vengeance movie. Fine. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I watch it with Joe Bob. That's how I had one. And. He, and he watches it with Eli Roth, who admits that he rips off the all the time. <laughs> yeah. And the interview was actually pretty tolerable. And this is coming from me and my feelings about Eli Roth. Oh, <laughs> uh, you hate the man. But he is, he is smart, though. He's, I, he's yeah. a horror historian. I, I don't wanted, hate uh, him. <laughs> I do hate when we agree. <laughs> I don't hate people. That's awful. I would never hate... No. Oh, I would never hate Eli Roth. There Not are people that. that I hate. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't uh, hate Eli let me list. I got a list here. I yeah. do think he's a tool. Yeah, a lot of people think he's a tool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mother's Day. Mother's Day. I would say check it out. It's nuts. I would say check it out with Joe Bob. Check it Shutter. out with Joe Bob. Yeah. And same thing with House by the Cemetery. I'd check it out too with Joe Bob talking about it. He I haven't did, seen it yeah. before. And I would probably be curious, maybe if we could just fast forward through all of House of the Cemetery and just watch Joe Bob talking about it. Yeah, well, he'll be talking about it with Eli Roth, but from what I, right, before he watched the movie, he was saying about how they disagree about this movie, so. Okay. So I think, yeah, we'll see how, I don't know how either one will feel. I think Joe Bob doesn't like the movie as much as That's what I would guess, because Eli Roth spends a lot of time blowing out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Was that out loud, or was that my thoughts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. He does. <laughs> All right, where's James Cameron? Come here, big boy. <laughs> All right. Shut uh, up, Eli Roth. I think right. that about does it for our movies this week. Uh, our movie of the week coming up next. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
Our movie of the week is the 1994 or 95? 95. 95 Abel Ferreira film. His third on this podcast of 150 episodes. Uh, the Addiction. This is your pick as the movie of the week. <coughs> Why did you yeah. pick this one? So I was looking for horror movies from the 90s that I'd never seen before. Before And the first thing that I found was, I believe it was called Mr. Frost. That's what I was talking about earlier that I couldn't find and that it's totally out of print. That's a Jeff Goldblum movie where he's a serial killer. <laughs> uh, one of his first roles. So that one's impossible to find. So the second one that was recommended to me uh, was The Addiction. And when I saw Abel Ferreira, I was like, oh, Larry, love it. If I pick an Abel Ferreira movie as my movie of the week. So I did it. <clears throat> um... A New York philosophy grad student turns into a vampire after getting bitten by one and then tries to come to terms with their new lifestyle and frequent craving for human blood. So this is the 90s philosopher's vampire movie. Mm -hmm. If you graduated with a degree in philosophy or have like a PhD in philosophy, I feel like you're really going to like a lot of the things they discuss. Yes. Addiction and vampirism. Yeah, this whole movie is just a pretty, uh, it's a metaphor for addiction, Mm -hmm. uh, but through vampirism, which other movies have done, but this movie does it more raw and more like... This one's dirtier. Yes. It it feels, it's all in black and white, and it's with Lily Taylor. She's a, what's it? philosophy major she's a grad student grad student right philosophy grad student and she is attacked by a woman on the street and pulled into like an alley and then bitten and then she turns into a vampire Mm -hmm. and starts attacking like her or sucking the blood of her friends and teachers and stuff and uh like the first time she does it if i remember correctly was with like uh there's like a homeless dude like passed out in the street and then mm-hmm. she got like a needle and syringe and took his blood and started drinking his blood that way she in she in, actually inject, injects it right yeah, yeah yeah and that's like metaphors here for right. heroin use and then she has her professor over and they do heroin like it's just something you do yeah yeah just do this with your uh your philosophy teacher yeah. or whatever and then she bites him and then the scene cuts and you yeah. think, should she kill him what happened yeah he's gone he's gone from the movie <clears throat> he's not though till later on right yeah. right sorry sorry <laughs> just making sure you know oh i remember <laughs> okay and and it kind of just go you get to see her you know she'll she'll speak in the first person um about stuff and about uh, uh she does say something about remembering or repeating um you know learning from our past so we don't repeat you know what's going on i'm, yeah. I'm not saying this horribly by the way I, there's a way to say this and i'm not really putting words together so here's a good one we drink to escape the fact that we're alcoholics existence is the search for relief from our habit and our habit is the only relief we can find mm-hmm. stuff like that yes and they actually did talk to some therapists and psychiatrists so they could get accurately portray portray what addiction is like which mm-hmm. i thought was pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool um, and then this just kind of like leads throughout her life and her friends and everything and, and how like she's wearing dark sunglasses now like a vampire would or an addict would. Yeah, to see and their it, eyes. it's gradual like an addiction. It's mm-hmm. not like suddenly you can't go in the sun and you have mm-hmm. to drink blood right away. That's not it. 
first she eventually she can't be in the sun at all but at first it's just the sunglasses Mm -hmm. yeah and then she just starts kind of like taking out some people like uh, she meets a woman in the library who's also working on her dissertation too and she brings her home and then bites her. Catherine Irby, a really young Catherine Irby. Yes, um, she bites her. Uh, We don't end up seeing her again though. We don't, but it doesn't appear through the entire movie that she kills anybody. Mm, Right, yeah. She turns them all. She turns, yeah, she turns a lot of people into vampires. Which is another, maybe to me, sort of reference to addiction is just taking down everyone around you. Mm -hmm. Even her best friends, like Edie Falco's in this movie. She's her friend and she's been with her like this whole ride and she even attacks uh, her too. Mm -hmm. And that's like her best friend. Uh, and it all kind of culminates into like this party that she throws because she finishes her dissertation mm-hmm. and throws a party for all these people to show up, like her teachers that she used to have, friends and family and everything, and she throws this big party. because. And this is kind of close to the end of the movie where you think um, she might have kicked the habit. Because she ends up meeting Christopher Walken. Well, she wants to attack Christopher Walken later on yes. in this movie. She follows him, and he's just walking in the streets. Uh, I forgot if he was singing or not. He's talking, he's talking. to himself, yeah. Uh, and then she goes to approach him, and she wants to attack him. And he knows who she is, so he ends up uh, kind of hypnotizing her to come mm-hmm. back to his place. And he kind of reveals, like, I'm like you, but I don't do what you do anymore. I'm able to control it. He can fast for years. Right, without blood. Yeah. And he tries to get her to go clean from blood. And so he traps her in the apartment and every in his apartment. And um, she ends up getting out, of course. Um, he bites her, though. I'm, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. But he does... He does bite, bite her, her, yes, yeah. and drinks her blood to weaken her. Yeah. So she can't really do oh, much. Okay. He, like, drains her of blood. Gotcha. So it would make her a little harder to get around. But she ends up getting away and she ends up getting someone else. Um, like this one dude who thinks like she's just all fucked up on the street. Because this, this is the lowest point of her life right now is that yeah. she's on the street curled in a ball. And this Rat one dude bottom. wants to help her and she ends up biting him. And then we're cut to, we cut to like her dissertation and it seems like she's gotten better. Like she's kicked the habit or and she's like put together. She finished her paperwork and then we see that she um, has the party for her graduating. And we get to see a lot of the people that she bit earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. You think maybe like this is um, like uh, uh, she brought every, she got everything back. She got everyone back. Uh, they're on her side now. That, that like, she controls them, it seems like. Uh, it, I didn't get that from that. It does seem like, now that you say that, it does kind of seem like she is controlling them, but I didn't pick that up at first. Oh, okay. Because at this party, you get to see your teacher again. You get to see Edie Falco. You think maybe, like, she got through. Uh, she went to rehab, and now she's better, and then she's having this party sure, for everyone yes. to say, hey, mm-hmm. look at me, you at know. At the beginning. No, at the end. The party. Oh. No, no, no. I mean, at the beginning of the party. Oh, yeah, yeah, at the beginning of the party. You, yeah, you think, like, all these people came to, like, see how well she has done. Like, mm-hmm. she got through her addiction, and now she got to pass, like, grad school and everything. Her teachers are proud of her, and her friends are all there. But, yeah, like you said, they kind of seem to be going and doing what she asked them to do, even though it's only a few people. Well, uh, Edie Falco, Jean, definitely does... I forget exactly what it is, but... 
uh, Lily Taylor tells her to do something. Right. Well, this is someone. Yes. Uh, well, Lily Taylor, after going through all this, we see that she she hasn't gotten rid of her addiction right. yet, and that she's having a really hard time controlling it. So she freaks out before the party, and everyone's partying in there, and she hasn't come out yet. She's just having an episode, and mm-hmm. she can't get over it. So she asks Edie Falco to go get her someone in her size. Yes. To come and because she ripped all her clothes off and everything, so she attacks this woman who's at her party, gets her clothes, and then comes out to the party to speak. You know, thank you all for coming and everything. And then that's when this movie takes a fucking turn yeah, <laughs> because all those people that she bit, and you're thinking is a metaphor, which it probably it still is, is that all these people are vampires and they attack all the na- non-vampire people at this party, and it's a massacre. Maybe like enabling. Yeah, maybe, maybe like these, everyone around her is an enabler now, right? Or they are, or fell under her spell of addiction and okay. kind of went down yeah. the tubes with her because mm-hmm. uh, they were friends and supported her and just kind of fell in with her. That can also be it too. Maybe that's what I was kind of thinking. But okay. also, um, yeah, um, like you said too, she has control over people, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe they are enabling her. And then yeah, it's just a whole big massacre. All these people get eaten. Like, she overindulges, and she's, yeah. like, really sick afterward. Mm-hmm. And um, after that whole scene, we get to see her walking kind of through the cemetery. Maybe you're thinking that she's um, over it, but what were you saying? Well, at first she goes to the hospital. Oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot well, that. She goes, to the ho- she goes to the hospital. She's a total mess, so they take mm-hmm. her to the hospital. Um, and she asks... Uh, the nurse to open the blinds and you think she's going to kill herself. And mm-hmm. that is what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christopher Walken, who is, he's second build in this, by the way. Yeah. He has one scene. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Walken has told her, you can't be killed. But she's trying it anyway. Things right. that hurt her, she seems maybe can also kill her. So you think, okay, she just killed herself. And then in the next scene, you see her standing at her own grave. Ah, okay. So she's not dead. Mm-hmm. She tried to die, but can't. Right. And then that's just the end. That's, yeah, that's, um, I guess that's the old her dead now, and then she's not the same person she's, she used to be, I guess. Yeah, right? I, I think guess that's you can what see it, it is. Mm-hmm. All right, great, I figured out this fucking <laughs> art house fucking film, great. It is filmed in black and white. It's yes. very, like... This is Abel Ferreira's student film. <laughs> Although it's not, though. It's, it's not. just It's like yeah. a nice... It's like, hey, I want to make a quick movie. It I got came, a lot of New York friends. Right. want to make a movie with me? Oh, sure. No problem. Because we decided it came after King of New York, right? I th- Yeah, it came after King of New York. I think King of New York was like 92, 91, 92. 90, right? 1990, yeah, 1990, right. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, hey, let's... Because I think right around that time, there was a, a bunch of other little small, like, directors in New York and stuff that started doing that. Like, um, oh shit, like Jim Jarmusch, you did, like Harvey Keitel was doing small films in okay. New York. You did, like, Up in Smoke and um, some other little indie films. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was, like, right around that time. And it's right around the time I started getting more into film and seeing that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, it's, it's, it's I, I enjoyed it. I did too. It's not for everyone. It's not, and it's not great. No, it's not great either, but it's an enjoyable film. But I've yeah. never seen it. I'll probably never watch it again. I'll never watch it again, but I'd never heard of it, and it's Same definitely here. worth a watch. It is worth a watch. I agree. Uh, if you can find it, yeah, check it out. What, 
channel or it's streaming service. Oh yeah, so it's on Filmbox, which <laughs> is a streaming service off of Prime. Did you uh, cancel that yet? Or? Totally. You didn't, did you? <laughs> <laughs> what else is on Filmbox? Oh, I haven't looked yet. I we, need to look. We should look tonight because okay. I'm sure there's a bunch of other like low budget films like, like this. Random, like really famous directors, tiny little films. <laughs> Let's look there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, well, Final grade or no, no, don't give her grade, but I recommend. I yeah, I definitely recommend. I'm thank you, Internet, for showing me a bunch of '90s horror movies that I'd never even heard of. You talked about how there's a lot more '90s horror than you think. Yeah, oh yeah, really is. You Mm -hmm. just have to kind of dig for it. Dig like Cemetery Man's '90s horror, like who would have thought of that movie? Just it wasn't popular in the '90s until 1997, 1996 when. Scream kind of well, that revitalized was, yeah, it. Yeah, that was like the teeny bopper horror movies, Right, that, that gave birth to like the CW slasher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, hey, it. thanks. <laughs> I like the CW slasher. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is very dark. It's, I felt like I wanted to take a shower when it was over. Yeah, it was. But I will say one more thing about the, the late 90s teeny bopper horror movies. Yep. They were always great makeout material. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's but not for me though. Out. Like I never I never made out with girls during movies. It's because I wanted to watch the fucking movie. Yeah, I never made out at movies either. Like no. That's not why I'm there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, how about afterward, like, you know and I'm not in front of a bunch of people and they're not I don't hear chewing popcorn and, and smell stale shit or whatever, you know. I like, yeah, yeah. make out in the movie. car like civil people. <laughs> or, or hold on, for at home, let me pause it, you know, <laughs> we get back to it, you know, this might be some interesting shit happening. Who knows, David Boreanaz might be it, who knows, I need to know. I bet so. you were quite the Rico Suave back in the day. Oh <laughs> man, if you only knew, honey, <laughs> you only knew. <sighs> Those were the days. Anyway, oh. <laughs> I think that will close us out for this week. Thank you guys for joining us, and we should be back in about a week or two. Thanks for listening. Later.